Testing. <clears throat> testing, testing. Okay, it appears to be working. Imagine that, working. All right, welcome back once again to the Counter Vortex with your ranter, Bill Weinberg. And uh, inevitably, I feel the need to um, address the dangerous, irresponsible, and quite often politically weaponized conspiracy theories and um, dubious claims which are being bandied about all too promiscuously about COVID-19. And uh, this is a real serious dilemma, not only because the claims in themselves are dangerous and irresponsible, but also because the, the, the fact that these claims are being, uh, you know, propagated on social media is uh, merely paving the way to, you know, giving Facebook and the other platforms the power to censor posts, which obviously has serious problems of its own and is a situation positively begging for abuse. And inevitably, in all of the uh, mainstream media debunking of these claims and theories, possibly legitimate claims that are at least worthy of more investigation, are being lumped in with the simply wacky ones. All right, to just go through some of the more transparent jive, which I've been seeing online in recent days. Okay, suddenly everybody in the runkle is posting about the, uh, the two doctors in Bakersfield, California, who uh, <clears throat> are playing into, you know, the hands of uh, these calls to, you know, lift the lockdowns and and return to normality, blah, 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 saying that, you know, COVID-19 is no worse than influenza, and, uh, you know, the death rates have been overestimated, and we should all, uh, you know, just go back to work and go back to school and go back to, you know, quote-unquote, normality. It just amazes me that anybody is falling for this. All of the, you know, competent health authorities in Bakersfield and Kern County in California debunking this, and all you have to do is look and what happened in Wuhan back in January? What has happened in New York City over the course of the past month? The absolute nightmare that people have had to deal with in places like Elmhurst Hospital. The nightmare which is continuing to unfold in Guayaquil, Ecuador, with potties literally piling up on the streets because the morgues are too full. And you're just going to, like, you know, post the, the irresponsible claims of these two doctors in Bakersfield? Ay, ay, ay. What is wrong with you people? I mean, you've abandoned all logic. Then we move on to um, the sudden fixation on Bill Gates, who, uh, you know, I'm seeing all these memes on Facebook now that, uh, you know, the virus is a conspiracy by Bill Gates to sell vaccines. And then there's the even worse stuff yet. That not only is the virus a conspiracy by, you know, Bill Gates to sell vaccines, and he, you know, somehow created the virus in order to sell vaccines, but the more ambitious claims are actually stating that, you know, the vaccine itself will spread the virus. I've literally seen memes on Facebook saying, you know, don't take the vaccine. The vaccine will spread the virus. It just boggles the mind. Now, obviously, all this is completely baseless, and I am not a fan 
of Bill Gates, mind you, okay? His products have been making my life hell for the past 20 years, okay? <laughs> and certainly, uh, you know, there's plenty to criticize in um, some of the things that he's put his money into in terms of promoting GMO crops and, and so on. But, you know, the notion that he created the virus to sell vaccines is baseless and wacky. For starters, Bill Gates manufactures software. He doesn't manufacture vaccines, okay? He is putting his money as a, you know, a philanthropist, humanitarian, whatever, into vaccination efforts around the world. He's not making money from vaccines. On the contrary, he's losing money on vaccines by giving the money that he makes from software into promoting vaccines. And, you know, again, I, I am not somebody who has blind faith in the medical establishment, not by any stretch of the imagination. And in fact, as the vaccine, you know, assuming that this actually happens, we don't even know, but assuming that, you know, sometime over the course of the next month or possibly next years, the vaccine, in fact, is rolled out, we're going to have to watch very, very closely to make sure that it is done so in a responsible manner. And certainly the, uh, the idea, which has been floated by some, uh, some uh, French doctors, that uh, you know, it should be tested on, on Africans, it should be tested on the African continent before um, you know, being applied in, uh, in Europe in the industrialized world. I mean, obviously, that you know, <laughs> does not bode very well for uh, you know, responsible rolling out of the vaccine. I mean, there is definitely potential for abuse here. And we should be watching the process very, very, very closely and with a very, very critical and skeptical eye, without a doubt. But, you know, by spreading these merely wacky and unfounded and just just completely irrational claims, you're only delegitimizing the notion of any kind of, you know, critique of the medical establishment and it's rolling out of the vaccine. Ay, 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 ay. Okay, another example of a legitimate critique, or at least a possibly legitimate critique, being delegitimized through wacky claims concerns 5G. And here, as I've looked into it more and more, it's becoming clear to me that the claims are actually being misportrayed by the media as wackier than they really are. Now, last night, which is to say the night of April 28th, the PBS NewsHour ran a report debunking the conspiracy theories around COVID-19. And one of the ones that they were supposedly debunking, and don't get me wrong, there's a lot of conspiracy theories about COVID-19 that are very much in need of debunking, okay? No equivocation on that. But among the, uh, the, the, the theories which they purported to be debunking was the notion that 5G technology, quote unquote, spreads COVID-19. So when I heard that, I said to myself, is anybody really saying that? Because, you know, the more that I've looked into the, the claims that are being made about, um, about 5G and COVID-19, the more reasonable they seem to me. <laughs> Okay, and uh, so, so, but that obviously does not sound reasonable. The notion that um, 5G is actually spreading the virus, that's obviously completely wacky. So, uh, you know, I went on to Google and I did a search for 5G spreads COVID-19. And uh, none of the, uh, the actual claims about 5G spreading COVID-19 came up. The only thing which came up 
were all of these stories from the media debunking the supposed claim that 5G spreads COVID-19. So it seems to me that what the critics are actually saying, for the most part, or at least, at least for the most part, not that 5G spreads COVID-19, but that 5G is weakening the human immune system and making us more vulnerable to COVID-19. Now, that's a very critical distinction here. Now, I'm not saying that I know that, okay? I'm not purporting that as a theory, but it's absolutely disingenuous to um, twist that and distort it as, you know, claiming that, uh, you know, 5G spreads COVID-19 because it's a different concept, okay? Now, the people who have, uh, you know, actually taken it upon themselves in, um, in England and in Italy to, you know, burn down cellular towers, I don't know, maybe they were really sold a bill of goods about how, you know, 5G is spreading the virus. I don't know. If they think that, it's baseless, it's wacky, and there isn't any conceivable science which could possibly back that up. So if you think that, that can just be readily dismissed, okay? It's just wacky. But the notion that 5G is weakening the human immune system and making us more vulnerable to the virus is not necessarily wacky. And it may even bear further study before we just, you know, dive in willy-nilly and start, you know, um, spreading these uh, 5G cells all over New York City and North America and, and Europe and the world. We might want to examine the question a little bit more closely. That's all I'm saying. And certainly when you, and here I'm talking to, you know, PBS NewsHour and the other news sources which have been portraying it this way, when you unfairly say that the critics are claiming that 5G spreads the virus, well, you know, it doesn't make you look very good. It makes you look like you've got something to hide. Okay, but all of this is uh, merely a prelude to the really dangerous U.S.-China sniping, which is going on with, uh, you know, conspiracy theories being traded back and forth, not now just by, you know, Facebook trolls, but by the United States State Department and the Chinese Foreign Ministry. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo has now jumped on the bandwagon, asserting that there is a possible link between COVID-19 and the Wuhan Institute of Virology National Biosafety Laboratory. I don't know. Maybe there is a link. Maybe there isn't. We don't know. Certainly, it would seem to be a pretty amazing coincidence that this lab, which was actually dealing with uh, coronaviruses, apparently, is in the same city where COVID-19 first emerged. But we can assume that, uh, you know, Mike Pompeo is jumping onto these claims for political reasons. And it's very interesting that, uh, you know, these claims which are just, you know, going around, uh, you know, being circulated by lone Facebook partisans initially, and then were taken up by yellow journalism rags like, uh, like the New York Post. And then there was a big lengthy documentary by Epoch Times, which is, uh, you know, a news source, if we can actually flatter it by calling it a news source, which is um, linked to the Falun Gong cult and is, uh, you know, militantly opposed to the, uh, to the Chinese Communist Party and obviously, you know, has its own axis to grind. And then it made its way from these extremely partisan sources, you know, first from the internet and then up to these, uh, to these very partisan sources like Epoch Times and the, and the New York Post, all the way up to the, um, to the United States State Department. So it's kind of like, you know, the internet trolls are, are <laughs> driving the debate at this point. 
Meanwhile, on the other side of the coin, the, um, an- the resident anti-America hack at um, Beijing's foreign ministry, one Li Jian Zhao, uh, has been uh, for uh, over a month over a month now, probably go- going all the way back to January. I can't believe how fast all this is moving. Two months now has been uh, you know, claiming on Twitter that the virus actually originated in America and was brought to Wuhan by the U.S. Army. He initially uh, was citing claims on, again, this, you know, sort of fringe conspiranoid website out of Canada called um, Global Research, which I've been criticizing for years for, you know, spreading all of this nonsense about, uh, you know, 9-11 and every chemical attack in Syria was a was a false flag attack and blah, 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 blah. Well, here, you know, this seemingly fly-by-night conspiracy website, Global Research, you know, is now being cited on Twitter by uh, a representative of the of the Chinese Foreign Ministry. So I went back to his tweets where he cited Global Research and clicked on the link, and Global Research has actually eliminated the story from their website. They've scrubbed it from their website. <laughs> Apparently afraid of the controversy or something. Really courageous, guys. I'm glad you've got the courage of your convictions to stand, to stand behind what you run. Forgive my sarcasm. So um, anyway, I used the Wayback Machine to take a look at uh, what was on that page before it was uh, before it was deleted, and the story was actually citing posts which were made on social media in China. So I mean, what a uh, what 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 an exercise in completely, you know, circuitous reasoning we've got here. Here is uh, you know the um, a hack from the, the the Chinese Foreign Ministry citing. The, the website Global Research, to try to give his claim some legitimacy. And it turns out that the article on Global Research that he was citing was in turn citing posts on um, on social media in China. So around it goes. I mean, there's... <laughs> it doesn't, I'm not sure that there's any there there, so to speak. But uh, this allegation is apparently, uh, you know, all goes back to the U.S. Army's participation in the uh, International Military World Games, which were held in Wuhan back in October, which drew uh, competitors from the uh, the armed forces of um, various countries around the world, including the United States. And the idea seems to be that um, some of the uh, U.S. Army personnel who were participating in the uh, Military World Games in, in Wuhan back in October had been accidentally infected by some kind of uh, biological warfare agent at the um, at the U.S. military's lab in Fort Detrick, Maryland, or in the more ambitious theories that it was like intentionally introduced into Wuhan by uh, the U.S. military as a biological warfare uh, stratagem, you know, and that you know they just um, you know exploited the fact that the uh, the military world games were happening. Well, you know, once again, you know, is it is it a coincidence that the uh, the military world games were happening uh, in Wuhan back in October, just before the uh, just before the virus emerged? I don't know, but uh, is it just a coincidence that the uh, Chinese National Biosafety Laboratory happens to be in Wuhan where the virus emerged? I don't know, but to be you know drawing dogmatic conclusions from either of these is, shall we say, not helpful. So you've got these competing conspiracy theories which are being weaponized by the rival world powers, that the virus was either introduced from the Wuhan lab or from the Fort Detrick lab, and in the most ambitious claims on each side, it wasn't just an accident, but it was an intentional act of biological warfare. And now, both Trump and Xi Jinping 
we're in total denial about the situation. And we're just, you know, trying to wish it away for an irresponsibly long time, mirroring each other in their complete, you know, denialism about the problem in their respective countries. First, she in China back in uh, December, January. And then, uh, you know, Trump here in the United States back in uh, January, February. Obviously, both were afraid that the virus was going to tank the world economy, which now it has. So they both had, uh, you know, a very deep interest in sustaining the, uh, the the world economy as, you know, the ticket to maintaining in power. So the behavior on the part of both leaders would appear to militate against this conspiracy theory, wouldn't it? But hey, never let logic get in the way of a good theory. That seems to be the uh, prevailing ethic today. I'll note, uh, you know, one uh, distinction which we can possibly draw is that the uh, the Fort Detrick lab is definitely a biological warfare facility, and it was recently um, it was recently shut down uh, due to safety concerns by the U.S. military. And it should also be, uh, you know, just for purposes of clarity, it should also be <clears throat> it should also be stated that you know today when the United States does biological warfare research, it's uh, always claimed that it's defensive rather than offensive. That they aren't actually developing you know, biological warfare agents. They're, you know, studying them so that they can develop pro prophylactics to them in case that somebody else targets the United States with biological warfare agents. Now, yeah, we understand that this is um, kind of a propaganda charade. Uh, now, as for the, um, the Wuhan National Biosafety Laboratory, uh, ostensibly, once again, ostensibly, it was not um, involved in uh, biological warfare research. It was uh, in involved in trying to develop uh, you know, vaccines and so on to um, coronavirus and SARS and like maladies, <clears throat> you know, studying them in order to, you know, studying them as natural phenomenon in order to, uh, you know, try to develop prophylactics against them. However, I will also point out that the People's Liberation Army does seem to have a hand in um, administrating the uh, National Biosafety Laboratory, along with the Wuhan Institute of Virology. It is I haven't been able to uh, achieve much clarity on um, whether the, the Wuhan laboratory is actually involved in biological warfare research. But to me, this all shows up the you know, inherent menace of biological warfare research and gene splicing technology in general. But there seems to be no critique of the technology itself, only which side is wielding it. And uh, in this rush to, uh, you know, jump onto the notion that the, that the virus was created in a laboratory and uh, genetically engineered, I fear that uh, what is being lost is the ecological dimension to the whole question and uh, how the, you know, hypertrophy of development, as it is called, all over the world, and, uh, you know, urban sprawl, eating into the last remnants of naturaleza on the planet, you know, that's what's bringing humans into contact with these viruses and enabling transspecies jumps, such as that which we seemingly just witnessed. So if that process were brought to a halt or significantly slowed down, maybe there wouldn't be, maybe we wouldn't be in this endless race to keep ahead of mutating viruses and there would be less need for these kinds of high security labs in the first place. Just a thought. But, uh, you know, this is how the propaganda game is played today. I was listening to the BBC the other night and they uh, put on a uh, expert talking head who, uh, you know, 
pontificated in confident tones about how the structure of the virus clearly indicates that it evolved nat- uh, naturally. And then, uh, you know, a couple of days later, a, um, a rival French network put on a rival expert talking head, one Professor Luc Montagnier, who was apparently the, uh, the scientist who uh, shared the 2008 Nobel Prize in Medicine for the discovery of the HIV virus who uh, was pontificating in confident tones that the structure of the virus clearly indicates that it was created in a lab. And then, you know, these all these Facebook partisans who have absolutely no grounding in molecular biology whatsoever are just, you know, sharing the claims of either one expert talking head or the other purely on the basis of personal prejudice. And thus, the world is led to folly, because we all live in our own little confirmation bias bubble. And, uh, you know, those of us who have one personal prejudice are going to see nothing online except the stuff which confirms it. And people who have the other personal prejudice are going to see nothing online except the stuff that confirms that. So we will simultaneously get more dogmatic and more ignorant, which is a really, really dangerous combination. I mean, you know, I'm not an expert and I don't claim to be. So, you know, I don't know. I'm not in a position to know. I have to plead ignorance. And I don't know whether I should be believing, uh, you know, Luc Montagnier or the, uh, the, or the the rival expert talking heads. I don't know. And anybody who is not a molecular biologist who claims to have a uh, an informed opinion on the matter, I'm pretty skeptical about that, okay? But, um, you know, getting back to the geopolitical tip here, okay, we're all quite aware that, you know, Trump has been consciously inflaming anti-Asian racism by calling uh, by calling it, you know, the Chinese virus. And obviously, you know, this is ugly and urgently needs to be repudiated and makes Trump complicit with all of the, um, the anti-Asian attacks which have taken place in New York City and other cities across the country since this crisis began. And, you know, the whole uh, kind of revival of, you know, the yellow peril hysteria and, you know, the notion that, uh, you know, Chinese immigrants are unclean and spreading disease. This was exactly the same nonsense which was uh, used to justify lynching and pogroms against Chinese immigrants in this country back, uh, you know, um, 100 years ago and more. There's a really, really ugly legacy, kind of a forgotten history. I mean, most Americans don't even know about the the anti-Chinese pogroms and mass lynchings, which took place in Los Angeles in 1871, in San Francisco in 1877, and in mining camps all across the, uh, the Western United States during the same period. But that said... <laughs> The notion that, you know, any criticism of the Chinese regime and its behavior is racism is also bunk. And in fact, you know, some of my uh, Chinese friends on Facebook who are, you know, opponents of the Chinese Communist Party and advocates of democracy in China are actually calling it the CCP virus. Not the Chinese virus, but the CCP virus. I'm not calling it that. I'm just noting that the that some of my, uh, you know, pro-democracy Chinese friends are doing so. Well, we really have to, it's really critical that we keep our eye on the ball here and understand that, you know, Trump and Xi Jinping are scapegoating each other for their own monstrously criminal behavior, which can really be interpreted as complicity in mass murder. And we should not let them get away with it. They have both mirrored each other in their criminal behavior in this crisis and they should both face international war crimes or possibly even genocide charges. And my problem, for instance, with, uh, you know, the state of Missouri attempting to 
sue China for its responsibility for COVID-19. My problem with it isn't that they're suing China. My problem with it is that they are not also suing Donald Trump. So please, let's not fall for the divide and conquer here. Both these guys need to be held accountable. And none of the, you know, idiocies which are being spewed by Trump and Pompeo let Xi Jinping off the hook. And similarly, the idiocies which are being spread by um, Li Jianzhou, the anti-America hack at the Chinese foreign ministry, don't let Trump off the hook. All right, the final thing I'm going to say before I sign off here is once again, I am going to reiterate that in a certain sense at this point, it doesn't matter that much whether the virus came out of a laboratory or not. And the simple reality is that the virus is being weaponized now to instate a global police state in the United States and in China and in Europe and in just about every country around the world. I was glad to see that, uh, you know, Joe Biden, I'm no fan of his by any means, but um, I was glad to see that he finally broached the possibility, which is obviously becoming clearer every day, that it's a real threat that Trump could try to um, postpone the election in November under the guise of this crisis. And there could actually be a state of exception here in the United States for the first time in the country's history. And even if, uh, you know, nightmares like that don't come to pass, even, you know, the return to normality, as it were, is almost inevitably at this point going to be in the uh, the context of a totalizing surveillance state where our every movement and our every social contact is going to be, uh, you know, monitored. Of course, it already is being monitored, but on a far greater and more intimate scale. And, you know, I just want to, again, make the analogy to the to the Reichstag fire of 1933. And as I've already stated twice on this podcast, I'm going to state it one last time, that it has never been conclusively proven, as you know, everybody assumes today, but it has never been com- com- conclusively proven that, in fact, it was the Nazis who burned down the Reichstag. And it is quite possible that, you know, the Patsy or the Fall guy who was this um, lone communist nut job really did it. I mean, it's possible. And ultimately, it doesn't matter. Because even if it was, you know, a lone communist nut job by the name of Marinus van der Lubbe who burned down the Reichstag in 1933, it wouldn't make Nazism any less evil. The fire was still deftly exploited by the Nazis at a minimum. And similarly, even if COVID-19 is not a, you know, conscious conspiracy of either the United States government or the Chinese government or whoever you think it is, it's still being deftly exploited by both the United States and China and every government around the world to put in a totalizing global police state such as we have never witnessed before. And we really need to have a conversation very, very urgently and very, very seriously. And by seriously, I mean <laughs> by not, not getting sidetracked into wacky conspiracy theories about how we are going to um, react to this reality and how we are going to resist this totalizing police state, which is coming into, um, coming into place very, very rapidly. And resisting it is going to be a very, very tricky proposition because the virus really is a threat. And pretending that it isn't doesn't help. Closing your eyes to the reality doesn't make the reality go away. The virus really is a threat. Just like Weimar Germany really was in economic collapse. It isn't like Nazism came out of nowhere. Once again, my job is not to um, proffer any easy answers. My job is to put forth difficult questions. And uh, I hope I have done my job tonight. I'd be very interested in hearing what you all have to say about any of this. Please be in touch. You can uh, check out all my blogging about such matters online at countervortex.org. 
This has been the Counter Vortex with your ranter, Bill Weinberg. Join the Counter Vortex, join the resistance, don't believe the hype, and rant on you next time.